This is Recruiting Daily's Recruiting Live podcast, where we look at the strategies behind the world's best talent acquisition teams. We talk recruiting, sourcing, and talent acquisition. Each week, we take one overcomplicated topic and break it down so that your three-year-old can understand it. Make sense? Are you ready to take your game to the next level? You're at the right spot. You're now entering the mind of a hustler. Here's your host, William Tincup. This is William Tincup, and you're listening to the Recruiting Daily Podcast. We have Josh Ante from Criteria, and uh, he and I recently kind of reconnected, and I learned a bunch about their uh, Criteria's business uh, that I was unaware of, so it was actually a really good kind of reconnection. We've known each other for a long time. Today's show is going to be a qualified endorsement of skills-based hiring. Because during when we were catching up, I asked him, man, what's your bet? What do you think about the skills-based hiring? You're like, eh, I like it. But the, you know, there's things, there's things that you know, it's qualified. And I'm like, oh, that'd be a great podcast. So, <laughs> Josh, would you do us a favor and uh, and introduce yourself and also Criteria? Yeah, thanks, William, for having me on. Great to, sure. great to be here. Um, yeah, I was just thinking, as you said, that that a qualified endorsement is not the sexiest like marketing title, but we'll work we'll work through it. I uh, I think it'll be an interesting discussion. Um, so I'm the uh, CEO and co-founder of Criteria. Um, Criteria historically was a pre-employment assessment business, and we've kind of evolved more recently into what we call a talent success business. So our software includes a whole suite of tools. Um, assessments are still a very big part of it. Um, we've also expanded into interviewing, structured interviewing specifically. So our customers use our structured interviewing tools. We also have some post-hire tools aimed at building teams and kind of post-hire team optimization, growth and development, that kind of thing. Um, so our product uh, vision has expanded a little bit in the last couple of years. We're, to we're say the least, to yeah. say the least, because yeah. uh, folks uh, in the industry would say Criteria Corp. Uh, for a long time, and it just got shortened to criteria, which I really like. And uh, I think I think a lot of folks had you pegged in the pre-employment, and and really, really, I mean, y'all were y'all are, y'all are great in pre-employment because you just know it backwards and forwards. And the fact that you've bled into the into the or uh, uh, the organization, I think it's just a genius. I think it's just kind of natural. I think your customers probably pulled you. If I if I could do the archaeology of it, I'd probably go back yeah. and find that your customers kind of came to you and said, "Hey, you're doing a great job over here. Can you can you do this thing that's over right. here?" Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. That, that that's definitely true in the post hire space, right? Our customers right. pulled us there. Um, they were telling us pretty directly, you know, several years ago that like these assessments are great, but once I have the person. You know, in the now tent, what? The tent. Yeah. You now what? Yeah, what do I do? <laughs> How do I grow and develop? And it started out first as sort of just kind of onboarding help. Okay, this is your new hire. Here's how he or she looks per yeah. the assessment. And then um, from there, it's kind of developed into okay, you you hire um, uh, great people, hopefully with the help of our software and our assessments. Uh, but that doesn't necessarily mean that'll translate into great teams. I know right. we, we connected last week, William. We were joking about my beloved <laughs> LA Clippers. Uh, yes, <laughs> yes. You know, a lot of Hall of Famers there, but the collective output is not necessarily what you'd expect based on that. And that was during that string where they were, they lost when Harden first joined. They had lost a series in a row. I'm like, there's yeah. so much talent on this yeah. team. <laughs> and this is there's there's at least three. Hall yeah. of Famers, at least yeah, they, three. And they have a good coach as well. They've yep. turned it around a little since then, but it's still not what you'd expect. And yep. I, I think our um, our emphasis there is, you know, building a product that managers can help 
can use to help them kind of manage at scale. That's right. Uh, and and to sort of optimize teams based on alignment and and, and framework that we've developed around um you know sort of team health i would call it and team right. optimization not from the standpoint of you know um we use uh, a criteria internally we use engagement pulse surveys right it's not really that it's more around is is the team collectively aligned are they all rowing in the same direction not are they you know and pulse surveys are really helpful but they're more about okay do we have a happy happy team is their right. flight risk if they're not happy that kind of thing um this is more about team optimization at scale what I love about that is, again, we've seen the Olympics uh, through the years. We've seen World Cups, if you follow uh, football. And it's not always the most talented team that wins. It's the team that's the most cohesive, that's uh, right. generally speaking, that, that usually wins those types of things. So I love the fact that you're kind of helping that cohesion, uh, giving visibility and insight into a cohesion of a team that you could be a – you know, you could be an all-star in sales, just just rocking it at one company, and then you come over to another company and you're put put on a different team, and the dynamic doesn't suit you, and you're and you're right. you're not as successful, and it's for no other reason than that there's cohesion wasn't there. So I like the that that visibility and insight into co well, I say cohesion is probably a better word than than that, but but for managers to be able to understand that both in the hiring process, but then through onboarding and into, and most importantly, as they're doing work uh, yeah. to, to really understand how that, how they're all, you said rowing and, you know, in the same direction. I, yeah. I think that's a great metaphor actually. Yeah, totally, totally agree. We we've had a sort of beta version of that product out for quite a while, uh, but we're pretty dramatically overhauling it and, and re-releasing it in, in Q1 of, of next year. And um, it's interesting uh, because the usage of that, even among our bigger customers, it's funny, a lot of the times they're using it for like really team sized units. So like eight right. or 10 people, you know, like a, a single span of control of, of one right. manager, not like how, right. how, of course, if you do that across the org, you can kind of see how does my whole org look. But a lot of our sort of early adopters there are looking at, oh, how does my team of eight engineers work together or my product management team work together? Um, and so it's really about giving insights to that individual manager, right. which you know, one day we hope that'll all flow up to the to the C-suite and the head of HR. But it's it's kind of being adopted bottom up, um, where you know it's small. Uh, you know, you think about the 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 two pizza team size, right? Well, one right. manager, and um, so you're getting information on does does the team know what the goals are? Do they feel aligned? Um, you know, things like this. Are they motivated? Um, not like, are they happy with the org and are they going to leave? <laughs> um, you know, there, there, there's a correlation there, but it's not as strong as you'd think, right? Some, um, certainly like dysfunctional teams that aren't aligned that tends to breed unhappiness, right. but you can, you can also have happy folks who don't quite know what the, you know, North star is. So, right, right, uh, right, right. And, and that stuff we want to be able to give to the manager to act on like in, in real time. So, so as you, so as you look at, the, the way that the market has shifted into skills, skills everywhere. So skills in uh, internal mobility, skills in hiring, skills, 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 skills. You can't go anywhere, can't go to a conference and not uh, talk about skills. Yeah. I don't necessarily mind that, but it, it it's eerily familiar to, if you've been in this game as long as we have, to competency models. Yeah. 
Like there was a real hot moment that, you know, competency models. We got to, everything's got to be under competency model. We got to hire to it. We got to promote to it. Succession planning. Everything's got to be tied to a comp, the whole bit. But we have to have these models. And years later, I would ask the question, like, who actually did that? Right. Like, like I know, I know the, I know the IO folks built them. <laughs> yeah. You know, and yeah. at big company X, whatever. Well, I can't even say X. Uh, big company Acme company. Big, big <laughs> yeah, Acme X company. is off the table now. I buddy. know it's That's taken. taken. It, it's taken. <laughs> okay, it's driving me crazy. I can't. Do it. But it's like I know. I know they were built, but I don't think I don't. I can't. I can't find a company that fully implemented that across all of those things. So yeah. when I look at skills based hiring, I kind of have this deja vu moment where it's like are we just doing the same thing using different words yeah i think and and the commonality there i think is like i would characterize both both those things or those movements or whatever as as like necessary but not sufficient right right uh, and and so like overall we're we're big fans of skills based hiring i think the basic impulse is really sound i think it's going to be you know one of the biggest uh, I don't know what to call it. One of the biggest movements in right. HR and, and TA, the next probably better part of a decade, right? It's it's getting wider adoption. The implications of it are really positive societally, I think. Right. Um, you know, I think it has a lot of potential to, to level the playing field. The um, it's, it's way past due that we sort of start to devalue, um, you know, college degrees and experience a little bit, not, not altogether. They, they have right. value, but, but right. uh, they've been overvalued. We've been over indexing on them when we make hiring decisions for like decades. And which they're is, not, which is, which is a bias that we've yeah. had. I went to Princeton. So I mm -hmm. earned that degree. Now, obviously, if you went to Princeton, you're just like, <laughs> I didn't go to Princeton by the way, but, but you know, the, the, the bit, the bit is, is, <laughs> no, no, no. They didn't. They didn't want me. Um, but the the thing is, is there's a bias inherent in that is that people will only look at people that they feel that they are that's like them. And so, if you went to Michigan, you obviously believe in the alumni of Michigan, so you're going to hire people that went to Michigan. Yeah. And yeah. so, devaluing it's also there's sort of that bias that was laid laid in there that. If if the person could do the job, but they just so happen to have an associate's degree or no degree, so what? Like, yeah, that's can right. They, can they do the job job? Yeah. And and I think the other thing about it is like there's a pretty huge body of evidence now that shows that in terms of predictive signals, they're they're kind of at best okay. Like they they are pretty weak signals when you compare to to them to some other things that you can pretty easily evaluate in a right. in a job seeker. So why are we using them as these gatekeepers when, you know, especially you look at the U.S., for example, you, you're if just using a four-year degree as a requirement. You're pretty much right off the bat excluding almost 60% of the population from applying for that role. And that 60% is not representative, right? So there's there's a lot of um, really bad diversity impact if you care about that. There's, there's also just like in, in today's, labor environment where you know whatever you say about what's happening in the economy you know today yeah. at the end of 2023 there, there's a profound labor imbalance labor supply imbalance that we're going to be faced with in the next decade and it obviously has to do with things that you and i can't change like demographic trends aging population all that mm -hmm. there's not enough workers in certain industries um you know what's happened in the technology industry where where we play is is obviously 
um, I think pretty unique that, you know, all of a sudden people are like, oh, it's harder to get a job. That's not the case when you look outside of the technology bubble. You know, we've had a big right. correction in technology, but you look in healthcare, manufacturing, all these other industries that that we work with, and people can't hire fast enough still, even even, um, even today. And so right. there's a labor shortage issue. And that is that is one of the accelerants, I think, behind skills-based hiring is like people have been sort of down with the theory behind it for a while, at least, you know, companies that are sort of forward thinking. But now there's no choice, right? I mean, because if you're if you're filtering out because of a lack of experience or right. a lack of pedigree, educational pedigree, if you're filtering out 70, 80 percent of the population, you're you're just kind of showing up with one hand, you know, one hand tied behind your back for the for the talent war. So well, um, it's, it's it's usually hiring managers um that I, at least that i've found that are the ones that are the, the kind of locked in locked in kind of how we did things yesterday mm-hmm. they're the ones yeah. that because that's how they came up so yeah. they yeah. came up a certain way and so they think that everyone needs to go through the same similar process that they did so so that's, i think it's right. kind, of, kind of undoing that that kind of bias or at least kind of reworking that bias to then say you know what it, the audience has changed you know yeah. the, uh, exactly. candidates have yeah. changed you know they they desire speed they desire uh you know they they want personalization and and if you can't solve for those things uh they want fairness like there's all kinds of things that this you know the, these two generations millennial and gen z they want that you know boomers and gen x didn't really care as much about yeah, it's it's also it's also reflective of just a generally risk averse um, right. view, I think, which which is Good like, point. okay, yeah, if if I hire someone who doesn't have a college degree, um, I might have egg on my face later, and right. I should have, you know, but um, that's just that's just an inappropriate view, and HR, you know, tends to be appropriately so, you know, risk risk aware, let's say, right, right, <laughs> but right. It, you know, as you're trying to build your workforce for the for the next. 10 years that that view just has to kind of be phased out out of necessity if not out of you know um for for other reasons so i i, I totally agree with you there um is there any, is there any other things that. around skills-based hiring that we should be aware that we should be looking at is especially yeah. with ai uh generative ai and things like that is there anything else that you can look at it and see the edges of skills-based hiring and say hey we should just kind of keep an eye on this yeah, I mean, so to to get to the sort of the the, the headline of this uh, conversation, I think like skills is a really good place to start, and and it's really the the sort of different conceptions of what skills are that has me sort of only endorsing it in a qualified way. I think if you think of skills as uh, pretty narrowly as like knowledge that you've acquired, then skills based hiring is not going nearly far enough because. Um, you know, what we need to be doing in terms of making talent decisions, if we want to predict long-term success is looking at the sort of potential a person has to acquire more skills, right? The job requirements and, and uh, you know, with the rise of AI, but even before then, the job requirements are changing so quickly. You know, there's all these predictions about a huge percentage of the jobs that are that are prominent today won't be in five years and different jobs will have appeared. And even within jobs, the, the skills that are being required are changing so quickly, especially in, in, in certain fields. So if you're focusing only kind of in a backward looking way on what does this person know at the, at the point I hire them, which is one way to think of skills is like, can this person do X? Um, then you're, you're 
not going far enough in kind of overturning the way we've been doing hiring because um, that's backward looking. You need to sort of, um, it's sort of a cliched term, but you need to be looking at potential and hiring for potential. Um, as in like, what is this person's potential vis-a-vis -vis acquiring new skills? And there's a lot of ways to measure that. If you if you measure, if you look at learning ability, the velocity that people take in new information and and adapt to it and digest it and apply it, all those things are predictive of, you know, what future skills a person could have. So, right. So I think from that standpoint, like, yeah, if we think of skills very broadly as demonstrated capabilities or abilities that a person has, great. Let's, you know, I'm all in on skills-based hiring. Let's uh, let's move forward with like looking at what the person can actually do rather than like whether they went a particular route as in to a particular college to, to uh, acquire those skills or to like get a degree that's supposed to be a proxy for those skills. And it's a pretty unreliable proxy, it turns out, a lot of the time. I think, you know, the way I've, I've, you know, trying to, like, I'm a visualization person. So I think of uh, skills as like mercury and, and mm -hmm. like on a plate. I don't know if you ever broke thermometers and played with them or not, but yeah, I did. Uh, mm -hmm. I didn't eat any of it, but I did. <laughs> That's good. That's comforting. It is comforting. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why he died so early. Anyhow, <laughs> the, uh, the thing is, is like they're fluid. And they don't, they don't, they don't conform to this, 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 the rigidness of the way that we think them. Uh, okay. And and they also, it's like micro skills. So you have a skill. Okay, let's say it's Java development. What's the breadth and depth of that skill? Yeah. And oh, by the way, that's a Polaroid, or that's a that's a snapshot in time. That's right. Yeah. And there's both the upside of okay, you know, your Java development, and then you've learned other things. Okay, that's additive. But rarely yeah. do we talk about decay. Yeah, that's right. That's right. I, I think that fluid, um, that, I like that mercury. Uh, I didn't know where you were going with it, but, but I like it. You know, I think um, for me, it's it, it, programming languages are actually a perfect example, right? We did a release, probably, I don't know, three or four years ago now, a release of like a big overhaul of our product. We had the whole engineering team working on it for months and finally released it. And we were reflecting as we were kind of celebrating the release that, um, it was written in at the time, I think it was written in React, right? right Which was right. framework that um, when we hired that team of like eight engineers that worked on that release, none of them knew React, right? right? Not right. a single one. Um, and some of them were hired before it existed. So of course, right. they, it was just a, a thought in someone at Facebook's mind, right? Yeah. So, uh, you, you know, so of course, we couldn't have tested them on that skill that we were then two years later going to do a, or three years later do a release based on, you know, that programming language. So that that's a, that's a field where, you know, the shelf life of most programming languages is like, some of them can be measured in like quarters or months, not not even years, you know. Um, and so, it, you know, you want to what you want to be focused on in hiring great engineers if you're if you're planning to keep them for anything more than six months is, you know, how how curious are they are they about acquiring new you know learning new languages? How proficient are they at learning new languages? Not just do they know X language on the date of hire, which right. is a piece of it, but it but it ends up being a relatively small piece. It's interesting. I was talking to Indeed yesterday, and he was doing a kind of the jobs and hiring report type stuff. And uh, and I asked the the economist. I said, "What what shocked you?" He goes, "I was shocked that there, I was shocked that there wasn't more jobs that 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 were titled or somewhere in the title was AI. Hmm. That AI was a a bullet point." 
uh, and in some cases, not even a bullet point. Like we're we've, we're talking every day about AI, like we talked about at the beginning of the internet. We're talking about it's coming, it's coming, it's coming, it's coming. Mm -hmm. uh, but what from from their perspective, it's like yeah, but it's not showing up in job postings in the yeah. way that you would think that it would show up in job postings. Yeah. It's just kind of fascinating. Like how do you test for that? How do you assess for that? Okay. You know. And I, so I, I see the same trend actually. Like um, I think you were at HR Tech, right? Mm -hmm. And I, yep. I, I was there. Um, had I think it had been a year. I, I took a year off the year before, and um, of course everything was all you know. Every booth, you know, AI. It was it was everywhere. Um, every summary you read at the conference, you know, makes it seem like it was only an AI conference. Yeah. And, <laughs> and then we we do our like annual survey um, each fall. I think it came out a couple months ago, like a benchmark hiring survey. And a very small percentage of HR people, even at companies, you know, of, of scale, these aren't like small businesses, are actually using AI in their talent acquisition process, like 12%, right. like right. a tiny number, right. you know, and it's every, and it, it has to do, I think, a lot with, um, you know, it being a very high stakes thing. And there's a lot of, there's a lot of regulation. There's a lot of coming uh, yep. legislation around it and, you know, the New York bias law and all that. And it harkens back to what we mentioned earlier. There, there's um, appropriately there's a risk averse um, kind of angle to what a lot of TA people do. It's a highly um, litigious area, obviously. Yep. Um, and so, yeah, the hype in this case, in terms of HR, is way ahead of the uh, of adoption, right? right. Even right. people, there's universal interest, and we're we're using it a lot at Criteria internally, starting to build it into the product, of course. But um, we got to do so in a really careful, considered way um, because it's still early days in terms of adoption. I love it. This flown by. Josh, thank yeah. you so much for your time. And thanks for uh, us. You know, I just love the title and us being able to nibble around the edges. It's easy to be a cheerleader for skills-based hiring and skills-based promotion and skills-based everything, uh, which which is and – we, and we should because it's a better yeah. – it is a better model. We all know that. Yeah. Um, but but we also need to be critical uh, yeah. and, and walk slowly. So thank you so much uh, for your time and talking to the audience. Yeah, of course. Thanks for having me, William. This was fun. Absolutely. Thanks for the audience. Appreciate you. And until next time. You've been listening to the Recruiting Live podcast by Recruiting Daily. Check out the latest industry podcasts, webinars, articles, and news at recruitingdaily.com.